Hey, it's Dan Aykroyd. And Gilda Radner. And we're here to tell you about, with a little help, it's John Belushi, now playing at Theater 80 St. Mark's in the East Village. It's the story of John's rise to stardom from Second City to National Lampoon to Saturday Night Live. And we got a great live band. And, and we're, we're in it. it! Now playing until December 22nd. Visit withalittlehelpshow.com for tickets. And, and live from New York, York it's Saturday Night, Night Live! Podcast! Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week we'll be discussing Season 45, Episode 9 of SNL with hosts Scarlett Johansson and musical guest Niall Horan. I'm John Murray and I'm joined this week by comedy aficionado and generally affable bloke, Steve Finn. If you'd like to connect with either of us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy the following selected highlights from this week's discussion. If you'd like to hear our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, it's available exclusively for our patrons at patreon.com forward slash snlpodcast. It's our patrons who make the cast possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash SNL podcast. All right, enjoy. All right, Steve, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime. Uh, tonight, <laughs> we're moving really quick. I am hitting the road in a couple days. I want to get this live and posted and edited and just out the door before I go. So we're going to try and stay focused. Just thumbs up, thumbs down these sketches. Get in, get out. Nobody has to get hurt. Yeah, let's keep it light and tight. I'm in. <laughs> light and tight. That's, that's our mantra for tonight. But before we jump into the show proper, I have a few program notes that I want to blitz real quick here. So first off, if anyone tuned in last week, they know that while I'm in New York, I'm going to be hitting up a little off-Broadway show in the East Village called With a Little Help. It's John Belushi. I'm going to be attending the Thursday evening, 7 p.m. show. So if any of our listeners would like to support that show, please come by and I would love to uh, meet anyone who tunes into the cast. So yes, please stop by, support the show. And Anyone who does want to support the show can use coupon code FOTS25 at withalittlehelpshow.com to get their ticket for $25. So this is With a Little Help. It's John Belushi. It's playing at Theater 80 at 80 St. Mark's Place in the East Village. I'll be there Thursday, 7 p.m., but they're running all the way through to the 22nd. So yeah, just go. It's a cheap date. Have some fun. What else you got going on? Uh, it's not like there's a Star Wars movie coming out or anything. So Yes. That's my, uh, that's my pitch for with a little help. It's John Belushi moving on to Patreon. going to keep this short and sweet. We have a $2 and 99 cent tier. It gets you everything that we put out. It's a great value. It'll keep the cast going. We have a year end funding goal that we're really hoping to hit. So if anyone wants to support the cast, please head over to patreon.com forward slash SNL podcast and come on board. Do it. Yes. And last but not least, I want to plug a podcast that I am featured on. It's called Star Wars TV Talk. We are covering The Mandalorian and all other Star Wars TV and streaming shows. Uh, you can find it in all your podcast apps by searching for Star Wars TV Talk, or you can go to StarWarsTVTalk.com. I would love you to check it out. I think uh, we've kind of got it humming. I'm proud of the the content we're putting out. So if anyone would like to hear uh, my thoughts on the Mandalorian or anything else star Wars related. We'll be covering obviously the rise of Skywalker when that comes out. So please do check us out at star Wars, TV We get a pre-tape head to Macy's for unbeatable deals on festive fashions for your little ones. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up. Yeah. Wow. 
can't believe how well this was put together. Yeah. The editing really masked the limitations of child acting. Sure. I think they really zoomed in on some really (laughs) great moments they got out of those kids. They found some great footage uh, with the kids they brought on. So the whole thing cut together so well, it felt really genuine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Almost too genuine for a comedy (laughs) show. Like, how do you laugh at that uh, for anybody with experience with children at that age? I mean, that's what parents love to do. They, I guess they think it's a great idea at the beginning, you know, get them the cute clothes, put them in it. And then the whole, just, just getting that done makes you question whether it was worth it or not. (laughs) They really just conveyed all that well. Yeah, there's a reason why my kids kind of run around the house feral and half clothed 90% of the time because it is such a hassle <laughs> to, to do a multi-layer clothing setup on a three-year-old child that just can't figure out how to hold their arms still long enough for you to thread them through the the arm sleeves. Oh, oh, the the, the pain is real. The, the, the struggle oh, yeah. is real. Uh, this was fantastic. This is another like Streeter Seidel inspired outing. Uh, Mikey day also wrote on it and Mikey day brought his son in to be his on-screen son with Heidi. Uh, so this was a labor of love. This is coming from a true place where a lot of the writers are parents of young children and they can pull from real experience. And you can see that authenticity coming through every one of these scenarios right on. <laughs> Absolutely Definitely. right on. Keenan trying to plug a kid into their car seat when they've got, you know, Michelin man levels of puff surrounding them. Uh right on point. Uh <laughs> it's we could go through every little beat in it and uh I could say I've had that moment. Uh probably no need to do that. Just Mikey Streeter, excellent work. Streeter wrote those handful of uh really sentimental pieces that we've seen over the last couple of seasons, mostly like on the mother's day episode, or I think the last Christmas episode where, you know, it's, it's all about peeking in on how hard parenting is, you know, you're, you're idealizing it when you're talking about it with maybe your mom or with your husband after the fact or whatever, but in the moment it's soul crushingly hard, <laughs> you know, to raise kids. Yeah. Streeter Seidel is the one that brought those forward. So to see him, you know, do it again, this time, you know, obviously it's a different situation in a, in this commercial setting, but the same level of laser focus on truisms that any parent is going to instantly identify with. Uh, it's great. It's great writing. And it was well-realized, uh, Dorian Max Haggy, who directed this, I think working with kids and that many setups in a short amount of time, like a one day shoot or less than uh, it's a miracle. It's a great little production. And I think they pulled it off masterfully. Oh yes. We get a pre-tape. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus and so much more. All right. (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs down on this one. Another up. Yeah. Thumbs up for this. I just love where this went. I kind of got the image in my head of whoever wrote this, just sitting at a keyboard, typing it out, just letting their stream of consciousness take this where they wanted it to go. Sure. Because, you know, it just keeps unfolding and unfolding and (laughs) unfolding. And, you know, it it continues with that very uh, recognizable melody of I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. And by the end of it, you really feel like you know this family all too well, especially <laughs> Cecily. Yeah. And these are some of my favorite moments of SNL. SNL is the show making some of the best comments on the human condition. Sure. They're talking about things that 
people don't want to pretend exist, but like everybody does have their thing and it's always <laughs> weird and messed up. And I got my thing. I'm not about to say what it is on this podcast, but I'm jealous of how young Cecily was when she learned hers. And I guess that's the secret. Learn it young, learn to deal with it. <laughs> Way too much truth in this. Way too much. Very good. All right. Yeah, that's a solid take. I enjoyed this too. I love anything that is wholesome Americana and let's just add a little bit of stank on it. Like let's, let's take it and just pull the innocence out of it and go down a dark path. Um, yeah, you know what? Kids aren't supposed to be exposed to, uh, that kind of stuff early in life. And, uh, how much fun is it to watch a, a small child, um, just sort of be, uh, emotionally warped <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, brought on their parents' escapades. Uh, yeah, no, uh, this is great. And you listen to that song and there is always something just a little weird about that song. You know, like you understand that it's the dad dressed up as Santa Claus when you're hearing that song. So, sure. you know, it, it's all playful and fun and innocent enough, but the kid doesn't really know that. And so it, it does beg the question, like, you know, what if <laughs> this wasn't quite as straightforward a situation as we're supposed to understand it as the listener? Um, yes. Great. This was uh, another streeter outing. Um, this was written by Streeter Seidel and, uh, he was working with Dan Bula on this. And I think that, yeah, they, they thought, okay, what's Christmassy? You know, what do we all know from our childhood? And, uh, yeah, what, what, what could we go down a fun path with? And they found one, they found a really good one and they mined it and it was great. <laughs> and it had a, a few little fun twists, you know, like, uh, originally you think that maybe, uh, the Santa that is hired, isn't living up to expectations, but no, that's, that's all part of it. Oh, that's great. Like you think, oh my gosh, did she just watch her parents kill Santa? But no, that's all part of it. Oh yes. Great. And he heads out to his ultimate and takes off fun. So much fun. Good job. Yes. Yeah. Streeter, another knockout tonight. And the visual of that Nissan Altima being dragged yeah. by reindeer was a perfect, <laughs> yes. uh, bow on that package. Yes, because you have to keep the the visual of this all being whimsical and fun and and you know family holiday fair. They have to maintain that throughout while they're expounding all these you know dark scenarios. So also you know we should give a, a shout out to Paul Briganti because I, I think he did a really good job directing this. They tapped into probably an an early sixties uh, kind of look to everything. You know everything's very Norman Rockwell. Yeah, and even like the the part where she's kind of like singing in a music video portion of it, like where she's on a platform. They have kind of these like stylized stars in the background, which was uh, a, a very common visual theme that you would see in in early sixties pop. Uh, right. So yeah, they 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 really were dialed into the look and. Everything about this was working for me. I I was having so much fun at the end of this one. Good, good job. Good job, Streeter. Uh, Good job, Dan. And uh, yeah, good job, Paul Briganti for realizing it all. Mikey definitely had a Gregory Peck look going (laughs) on. So that that definitely affirms your your 60s aesthetic there. Yeah, in the the smoking jacket or whatever. (laughs) Let's talk moment of the night. What do you got? Hmm. You know what? You... You said it for me, uh, the last sketch, that little oof from Beck. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, when, he, when he got <laughs> lifted up, I don't know why I was watching it with my girlfriend and we both just 
died at that. <laughs> I hope it was planned. Like I hope Beck thought, you know what? I, I can really bring this one home with a little grunt. Like if that was a conscious thing, or even if he just did it in the moment because he's got, you know, some good comic intuition, whatever it was, good performance. Yeah. I yeah. mean, my, my cat does that. I think that's why I, I found it so great. Cause I pick up my cat. She does this little. <laughs> every it was time. authentic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, just the, the vocalization there in that moment, uh, just really was a great, great little seal. Excellent. Well, we know you're a sucker for pets, so I guess that tracks. Oh yes, I am. I'm going to go with the moment in the Macy's commercial where Keenan is desperately trying to get the chest and waist harness in the kid's seat to buckle when the little kid is covered in a really billowy, puffy winter insulated coat. That is such a true scenario. And the fact that he just had to stop, close the door and just curse the heavens. <laughs> uh, it, it, it just had me rolling. That was just a fantastic moment. And it's a moment that I've experienced. And, and when it, it connects at a, a gut level like that, oh, it works so well. I'm sure there were a lot of parents that thought that that was a fantastic moment. So uh, I got to give it to Streeter for really, really finding some, some great truth <laughs> to weave into that Macy sketch. And uh, that was the moment. That was the one that, that really, really sold it for me. Great pick. Excellent. A sketch. I'll give it to that pre-tape you were just praising. Okay. Yeah. The Macy's commercial was yep. just so well done. They caught lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. I think they were just so happy with what they got on camera. Sometimes, you know, you set up your equipment. And you get things you don't plan for. And I feel like they just got so much gold from those kids. (laughs) You can't really plan to make a sketch this well. It just has to go well out of sheer luck. And I think it did. I think this went really well and made a sketch that would have been pretty good. Brilliant. I got to agree with you. I wanted to give an honorable mention to, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Cause I had a lot of fun with that too, but as a dad, I can't not be totally roped in by what they did with the Macy's one. Every joke hit. There wasn't uh, a sour note. There wasn't a bad moment in the whole thing. Every little setup was wonderful and it just made me feel good. And it made me feel like Someone has heard me like someone knows my pain (laughs) and that in a way is really, really satisfying too. So, uh, yeah, no, this was one for all the parents out there and, uh, yeah, SNL, thank you for, uh, remembering that some of your audience aren't, aren't millennials. Some, (laughs) some of us really have to, uh, struggle to make it to (laughs) one o'clock because we've been so beaten down by the day and we try our best. And when you deliver something like this, it makes staying up worthwhile. So, uh, from both me and my wife, we had a lot of fun with this one and, uh, thank you so much. Best sketch of the night let's Hells talk yeah. mvp i have a feeling we both have the same mvp okay would you agree uh maybe like are we gonna do the like one two three and say it at the same time and, and see if we're kismet yeah I, i'm thinking we should do that are you down <laughs> i'm down okay one are we counting down or counting up <laughs> we're counting down so it's going to be one two three and then on oh we're counting up one two three and then on four we're going to say it so four is the answer okay right? okay one, two, three, Keenan Thompson. Oh, and Yang. <laughs> what? 
Uh, I thought we were on the same page. Bowen was in the running, but we were praising Bowen last week. And I just feel like there haven't been a whole lot of standouts for Keenan the last little while, but for whatever reason, him and Scarlett Johansson just kind of love doing goofy stuff together. And I think that says something like where the host is comfortable enough wanting to go on these rides with a particular cast member. Just, I don't know. It just seems like they were having a lot of fun together. And, And I feel like he was just helping to keep the live sketch fair fun. That that's why I go with him. But Bowen Yang had the standout feature on weekend update and he had that frosting, that elevating thing that we've been praising him for where he comes in and he just has a, a little moment, a couple lines and he just makes hay with them. And we saw that yeah. a couple of times. So I can't fault you. If you're going with Bowen, I totally respect it. And, and I was thinking along those lines, I just want to give it to Keenan. I, I think yeah. that, uh, yeah, I think that he was holding the host hand and, and, uh, taking us on a few fun rides. And I think that that's kind of noteworthy too. Yeah. No, you, you made a good pick. I went with Bowen just cause like you said, he was some really great elevating elements to things sure. that he wasn't the, the focal point in yep. like the, the Santa Santa land sketch, yep. but you know, he was trade daddy. Like you said, mm-hmm. also the choking victim poster boy. Yep. Yep. Like he had a lot of really great screen time. I felt like Bowen carved out a nice little cave for him to, to hibernate in for the winter. Sure. As standout featured player, I would give it to him. You know, I, I think, you know, if we're going like first string, second string, second string MVP, absolutely. But you had a senior cast member that really seemed to be driving a lot of material and, uh, helping the host to be at their best. So sure. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's, there's, arguments to be made but you're right bowen yang he continues to impress he is the the standout featured player right now and that's not a knock at chloe Feynman because she's been doing some good work too we just haven't seen nearly as much from her to really be able to <laughs> you know uh sing her praises the way that we've seen uh bowen really hit the ground running so uh yeah uh, total respect uh i i think i'm happy with both of those if you hadn't said bowen i would have given him an honorable mention regardless well yeah and you know i was sold on bowen i i thought you would follow suit but that made for some great radio, <laughs> uh, on a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck. How would you rate this episode? I would put this at a great, okay, for sure. Beautiful. This was a great episode. I mean, you probably saw that coming. I gave this a lot of thumbs up. Yep. Really had very little to complain about. Yep. So I'm happily giving it a great, definitely looking forward to Eddie next week. I hope they got something just as great. For him. Absolutely. I can respect that. I think, I think I'm going great too. This week, I think I'm going to rely on the Dave Buckman, uh, grading scale. He said something that I think is really, really astute that a classic is when you're watching it at 10 o'clock and you're wishing that they hadn't cut out some great material for time. And a great is when you're watching it at 10 o'clock and the show seems perfect because they trimmed those couple sketches that didn't quite get over. And what was left is just a really punchy, solid hour. And I think that's what we've got here. We have a couple live sketches that didn't quite get over and a few others that were fine, but on their own weren't spectacular. I think they were just carried by some solid pre-tapes that were really helping to buoy the energy of the show. So we had a mixed bag for the live material, but. It was a solid show that maintained a really good energy. And when I look back on any one of these sketches, aside from, you know, the couple that I think we obviously, you know, were a little sour on, they're all perfectly good. You know, a few are great. The rest are perfectly good. So the total package for me, yeah, I think it's great. 
I think we had a good cold open, which we don't get a lot of, you know, when, when you get something that feels fresh in the cold open right out of the gate, there's a point weekend update serviceable, not spectacular, but perfectly good. Didn't, didn't hurt the show in any way. You know, it it still held things up in the middle. We had fantastic pre-tapes and then we had enough live material that was good to keep it in the great range. So yeah, we just barely got over that line. I'm going great too. Great. So you're, you, you've talked yourself into staying with great. I know, (laughs) I know you were on the fence there. Yeah. Coming into it, I was thinking, oh, this, this is a solid show, but is it truly great? And I think, yeah, yeah. You, you look at the one hour cut of this. I think that would be a really, really solid watch. I I can get behind that. There's two sketches, drop them. And we've got, yeah, some fantastic SNL in there and some uplifting stuff. We don't get a lot of political stuff that, uh, you could qualify as sort of like, you know, a fair and balanced equal opportunity goof. And I think we got some of that tonight and that makes even that more fun for me because, you know, just the, the standard let's poke fun at the U S politicians stuff. Uh, it just doesn't go very far for a viewer such as myself, who just doesn't really care that much about U S politics. What they did tonight, I think was more fun. And, uh, all of that just comes together into a nice little Christmas package that, uh, I think delivered nicely. I agree. Excellent. It was a package with beautiful trimmings. (laughs) All right. Uh, that's cast. Thanks to my guest, Steve Finn. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, Aaron and Trader, Donald Yates, Zachary Phillips, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever app you prefer to listen on. Your subscription helps us grow, and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week when legendary cast member Eddie Murphy returns to Studio 8H along with musical guest Lizzo. But until then, this has been episode number 97 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm John Murray. Good night, and have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>